0: Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 875 of I Doubt It podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dalimore, joined today by the lovely, talented, and indeed scholarly Brittany Page.
1: Well, it isn't (laughs) every day that we do the show formatted like this. Yeah. But we have a special guest coming on the episode today Lucas Koontz.
0: Very excited.
1: He is running against Josh Hawley for the United States Senate in the state of Missouri. He is an attorney. He is a Marine.
0: Former Marine. uh,
1: Just like Jesse D. And it was a great conversation that we think is very important because Josh Hawley needs to go.
0: Uh, A couple of months ago, you, you may remember I did a video about... Uh, a, a commercial that Lucas Kuntz put out the campaign put out that really does highlight the cowardice uh, of Josh Hawley of him running away in retreat uh, only hours after he had his fist raised in solidarity with the insurrectionists, the traitors against our country, and uh, people really resonated both with the ad but you know uh, less importantly with the video and 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 the opinions <laughs> that I shared about it. And so we had to have him on. We wanted to talk about his candidacy because Josh Hawley is, again, um, just a, a terrible influence and force in American politics, and he needs to go. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. Stick around to the end, and we'll talk about um, our reflections. Lucas Kuntz, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time today. Um before the the very first question I want to just uh enlighten the audience on something that we both have in common one um you, well you were born in Missouri I only went to to fifth and sixth grade there and in Norwood Elementary School in Norwood Missouri uh shout out to Mrs. Plummer and Mrs. Sergides my teachers wow but also I served in the illustrious United States Marine Corps just like you did so,
2: oh, Semper Fi, brother, all right. Yeah.
0: yeah, thank you for your service, as they so commonly say. Well, thanks um, for the
2: paycheck all those years.
0: <laughs> it is, uh, it's nice to see um, fellow veterans who are dedicated to the prospect of service, uh, whether that be in the military, in their personal lives, or in political service. Um, what is it that animated you to run for Senate against um, noted scoundrel Josh Hawley. Well,
2: you know, it comes back to the service that you were just talking about. Like when I grew up as a kid, I lived in a working class neighborhood. My parents got married at 19 and 22. They were Catholic and had four kids, you know, kind of bang, bang, bang. And we were paycheck to paycheck. But but that neighborhood was a beautiful place where everybody could take care of each other. And, you know, the best example I have is when I was eight years old and my little sister was born, uh, she had to have an open heart surgery. And, uh, I mean, as anyone in America who's living paycheck to paycheck can tell you, which is most people, like, you know, uh, health condition, boiler goes out, car breaks down, you don't have the money to take care of it, and you're in big trouble. And so uh, when our family went bankrupt from those medical bills because we couldn't take care of it and all the associated costs, um, we made it because the people in that neighborhood, they passed the plate down at their churches for us. They brought more tuna casserole by the house than we could ever eat, you know. And they really took care of us. And so, in in my life, one of the things that my parents really put into me is that we owe a debt of gratitude to the people in that community uh, who took care of us. Like, the, and and the best thing we can do with our lives after something like that is to pay it back. And so that's why that's why I joined the Marine Corps. I did 13 years. I deployed to Iraq. I went to Afghanistan twice. You know, I did it all. And and the thing, one of the things that really breaks my heart was watching our country spend $6.4 trillion supposedly nation-building over there, which I saw was mostly a scam, and then coming back home to that old neighborhood that I'd signed up to serve and seeing the first house I ever lived in become an empty lot, the one I joined the Marine Corps out of, got no windows in it anymore. The corner store was boarded up because it was robbed so many times it couldn't get insurance. And to see that happen when I thought I was serving my community, uh, it just made me realize that our country's priorities were skewed, our politicians in Missouri were taking money from the wrong people and literally stripping communities like the one I grew up in for parts. And for me, it's just, you know, I owe a debt to that neighborhood in that community. And I'm going to repay that. And I did not repay it by being in the United States Marine Corps. So this is the next step in making sure that the people who took care of me are taken care of. That's great.
1: Well, and you announced your candidacy on the second anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. What was it about the insurrection that was particularly motivating for your run?
2: Well, this is a show-me state, right? Missouri is a show-me state. And that's really the day that Josh Hawley showed all of us here in our state who he is. He is a guy who only cares about power for himself. When he thought it was going to get him some power, he's out there pumping his fist and sighting a crowd. And then the second that things get real and he realizes it's not going to work out the way he wanted it to, he's skittering out the back door running away as fast as he can. And now, Jesse, if you and I behaved that way in the Marine Corps, we'd have been court martialed for cowardice, right? And so yeah. it's just, it's one of those things where uh, we announced on January 6th because it shows that he only cares about power for himself. He doesn't care about our country. He doesn't care about the people who live in this state. He doesn't bring any money here. He doesn't try to help us out. And, uh, and again, he, he takes so much money from these big donors that just don't care about us and makes decisions for them that it's just, um, we thought that was the flagship moment where he showed his true colors and what he's really like. So it would be a good day to, to, to highlight that and then just continue on down sort of the whole spectrum of his betrayals and, uh, sort of fraudulence and cowardice after that, uh, which is quite voluminous. Well,
0: I, I can tell you this. Let me let me um send some high praise your way. There's something I appreciate about you uh, a lot, and it is your plain spokenness. You're using words like cowardice and fraudulent and betrayal, and these are all apt descriptors of Josh Hawley, who has. Listen, you know as well as I do, being someone who has dedicated their life to the prospect of service, that. You have a You have an opportunity when you're a United States Senator, unlike any other position on the planet to actually change people 's lives and he is committing fraud against the people of Missouri by not so uh, we need more people like you who are willing to 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 buck uh tradition and and, and call a
2: coward a coward when you uh, when you see him well thanks and he's actually he, he's, he is changing our lives in some way, but it 's for the worse i mean this guy uh, it's weird and creepy. Like he wants to control us in the bedroom. He wants to control us in the doctor's office. He wants to control us in the workplace. He put out a book called manhood, telling everybody <laughs> that you're not a man unless you're more like him. And that to increase masculinity in America, like more people need to be more like him. Like that's just so weird and creepy. Right. And, uh, and it's not what Missourians want. What we want is the power and the investment to take care of ourselves. I mean, in my old neighborhood, Back in the day, like we were able to take care of each other, even though we weren't all rich. We don't have that capacity anymore. Like that's what we want is just the ability to control our own lives, make decisions for ourselves and, and you know, basically live a life that we want. Not have some weirdo like Josh Holly like taking away our money, taking away our investment and then telling us how to behave. Like don't tell us what to do. Give us the power to make decisions on our own.
0: I think maybe it would be, it would behoove, uh, Josh Hawley if he were to use some of that campaign money. I don't know if this would be legal or ethical, but to maybe buy a, a, a t-shirt that fits. He loves the, <laughs> the painted on t-shirt. So small. It's like a, it's, it's not a medium. It's not really a, it's like a medium. That's his size that, that he is, uh, inappropriately wearing.
1: Well, and Lucas, scrolling through <laughs> Josh Hawley's Twitter, you see a lot of, promoting himself on other people's podcasts to talk about manhood and masculinity, promoting himself on Laura Ingram's show, attacking Democrats or Joe Biden, but not a lot about what he's actually doing with the power that he has. And then you go to your Twitter and you see you're bringing attention to, like, cancer drug shortages, the greed of big pharma, uh, fighting childhood hunger, protecting American workers. The juxtaposition is apparent for anyone who's, you know, prepping for an interview and going to compare your various social media accounts. But what do you see as the greatest differences when it comes to guiding principles or values between you and and josh Hawley?
2: well i mean for me it's i want to fundamentally change who has power in this country i want to give everyday people the power to lead lives that they see fit i want to invest in everyday people i want to invest in the next gener- generation of energy building that out here so we're not reliant on big oil companies who betray us by doing things like fund russia's war machine or, um, or, you know, gouges at the pump every chance they, they have. Like, I want us to be, uh, not reliant on other people like that. And I want to bring that manufacturing to the Midwest. I really just, uh, I mean, the contract, there's so many things here, right? Like, like I don't want to control people. I don't, I don't want to put my personal philosophies onto people, right? I want us to be able to live, uh, the lives that we want to live. I want us to have a competitive economy again and invest in small businesses. You know, this guy, I mean, he takes money from massive corporations over the years. He makes decisions for them. Uh, I mean, one of the big things that he did was take a bunch of money from, uh, polluters in our state. And then, uh, the second he got his position as attorney general, the first, one of the first things he did was disband, uh, the environmental division of the attorney general's office so that we can't protect our waterways, uh, and we just let polluters run rampant and things like that. And, and, you know, that may not seem like a big issue, but here in Missouri, our rivers and streams, uh, Are actually critical to our lifestyle i mean we get we get a lot of tourism based on the lake of the ozarks based on table rock lake and a few other places in missouri um when you're growing up without a lot of money like i did and many others like your access to the world is through float trips on our rivers and streams our state parks and things like that and it's just like the contrast couldn't be any stronger on a guy who doesn't care about our state doesn't understand what's important to everyday people and is willing to sell out at every single chance he gets um, for the people who funded his campaigns. Uh,
0: getting back to the to the, the the culture war nonsense that's constantly being promulgated by folks like and including Josh Hawley, uh, th- this drumbeat of of championing traditional masculinity and what is and what is not manhood. Um, how is it that you you you're reaching voters and setting yourself apart? Relative to that particular topic, because you're obviously traditionally masculine, you served in the United States Marine Corps in a forward area. You, you're you're you couldn't be more different. Do you, you think your message is is resonating?
2: Well, I mean, it's just it's weird. What he's doing is weird and creepy. Like again, like I can't <laughs> use better words for it than that. Like who writes a book about masculinity and 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 when they do, like. The solution is to be more like him. I mean that's just like right. mind-blowingly weird. <laughs> and uh and so for me, I just talk about everyday Missourians uh who I've met over the years uh who understand what it is to be, you know, a man or a woman or or a member of your community uh and that's that you just take care of each other, right? And so you're a Marine. Like the reason I chose the Marine Corps is because um you know, when we didn't well, have money growing it's well, the best. First, it is the best. <laughs> and I discovered that it was the best because, uh, you know, when we were kids, my parents always wanted us to give back even then, even based on our circumstances. And so there wasn't a lot we could do, but we always volunteered at our church. Uh, we had like soup kitchen nights and things like that. And so um, my sister and I, we would always go there and the guy who ran the kitchen, uh, he would ask all of us kids. Hey, what do you guys want to do uh, for the night? What do you want to do for your chores? And uh, and my sister and I were always like, oh, we want to do the dishes. We want to do the dishes. And this guy was always like, man, what's wrong with these kids? Who wants to do the dishes, right? Like, you can do greeting. You can clear the table. You can set the table. And uh, and these kids want to do the dishes. The worst job.
0: If you're going to be weird, at least be weird in a way that serves others, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, what he didn't understand is that we actually thought we were scamming him Because we didn't have a dishwasher at home and the parish had dishwashers. And so we were like, all we got to do is take these dishes and throw them in a machine. Like this guy (laughs) thinks we're doing work. What a joke. And, uh, He figured that out, and several years later, when he renovated his kitchen, he took out his old dishwasher. He brought it by our house, loaded it in his pickup truck, brought it by our house, and had it installed at our house for us so that we'd have a dishwasher. Like, no reason he had to do that. Like, nobody's looking. He's not going to get any kudos for that. And uh, that's the type of thing we should be doing for each other. That man was a marine officer in Vietnam. He would take me down to the Marine Corps League over the years where I'd meet other guys just like him. And uh, that's the type that's the type of sort of role model that we should have. Uh who again shows you how to take care of people when nobody's looking versus Josh Holly who takes care of no one and tells you what to do. Uh things that he won't even do himself.
1: Right. I think another thing that that sets you apart is that you, you talk about luck, and we don't often see that, especially from, you know, people like Josh Hawley, where there's a lot of emphasis on picking yourself up by the bootstraps and personal responsibility. I think in some of your messaging, there is a recognition that you have been lucky, that you were lucky to be surrounded by a community that helped you and your family when you did fall on hard times. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how your experience with hardships and your your perspective on luck inform the policies that you support today.
2: Well, for me, this is why investment in our neighborhoods that have been left behind is so critical. Like we need to invest in our communities um, because really luck is being in a position um, where you know your odds of something good uh, happening are increased. And that's how we increase the odds of good things happening to everyone, right? And the more that we the more that politicians like Josh Hawley and others, take money from these massive donors who don't need luck, who have, who have rigged the game, right? Uh, the more they take money from them and make decisions based on their parts and strip our communities, the less opportunity kids like me are going to have uh, to be lifted up by their neighbors, to be lifted up by their community, to get to get another chance. And, and, you know, one example that I like to give on an investment that really pays dividends in our country is one that a senator in our state um, put forward a long time ago, and that's the Pell Grant. And so uh, our center, Senator Eagleton, uh, here in Missouri, uh, he got with uh, Senator Pell, uh, and they they came up with this Pell Grant, which is if you're under a certain level of income, you can get an amount of money to go to college. It actually you actually get sort of I got anyway a clothing allowance and a couple of other things because people don't realize that um, you know I, I left home at 17 and my parents didn't have any money at all, right? Like I was on my own for 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 everything at that point. Uh, and, and, and it really saved me that I was able to use these extra Pell Grant resources to get a pair of glasses. And, uh, and to get an extra pair of shoes at one point. And so it's just like that type of investment gets people like me to want to pay back the community to, you know, people become teachers. I became a Marine. It's how we get folks who who are grateful for what our country's given them to continue to give back and continue that cycle of service that really makes our country so strong. And, uh, and when we don't make investments like that, there are opportunities to come up with things like the Pell Grant all over the place. And we don't do it. We don't come up with the next Pell Grant because again, the way that our political system is set up, it's all corporate PACs. It's massive donors who, who are running the shots uh, for folks. And so for me, that's why, you know, I don't take corporate pack money. I don't take big fossil fuel executive money. You mentioned big pharma. I don't take big pharma executive money. We have a pretty long list because the only people I ever want to owe when I'm a U.S. senator is folks like those uh, who, you know, took care of me in my old neighborhood. Yeah, that's great.
0: Uh, go, going back to what you were talking about earlier about the uh, the, the former Marine and the, and the dishwasher and the bonds of community oftentimes that transcend party, you – a lot of people don't know this, but Missouri has for, for a long time been one of the, the – kind of an odd duck among Republican states or Democrat states that uh, people get elected from both party – like you'll have a Democrat in the Senate and a Republican at the same time. Like Minnesota is kind of similar – and a lot of people don't know that Jason Cander, the Democrat veteran, he got 200, this 200,000 people voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And those same people voted on the same ballot for Jason Cander. Do you think that you are appealing to those crossover voters who are tired of the, the fist pumping insurrection supporting Josh Hawley and are ready for something different?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the, that's the, crux of the campaign right is in Missouri, people are willing to vote um they're they're willing to split their ticket that was two hundred thousand people you know Trump won by seventeen and Jason candor was within like two point seven percent of winning and you see that over and over again I mean up till 2017 most of our statewide officers uh, governor on down were actually Democrats uh, our last statewide Democrat uh, just left office this year and so it is a state where people are willing to do that and we will vote on issues you know. Uh, Josh Hawley is all for the anti-union right to work, but our our state on ballot initiative overturned the right to work 68% to 32%. This is a yeah. massive working class state uh where people want the ability. Uh, they basically want to change who has power. Like they want to have power in their lives again. They're and we've been trying to claw power back. Over ba- through ballot initiatives for a while, both on right to work. We increased the minimum wage, $5 over the federal level. We expanded Medicaid, you know, all of these things that Josh Hawley was against. We made recreational marijuana legal. And so uh, it's just a very unique opportunity uh, where his values don't align with the values of the people of Missouri, and Missourians have shown over and over again in the past that they will vote on their values. They will vote for an individual, and uh, and they do love veterans. So we're in a good spot there.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an important message, and we are definitely happy to help you get it out there because Josh Hawley needs to go. Um, We end all of our interviews with one final question, so we're going to do the same thing here. The purpose of the question is to encourage the audience to uh, change their minds when the evidence changes or when their understanding of the evidence changes because it is okay to change your mind. So in the spirit of that, Lucas, what is the most recent thing that you changed your mind about?
2: well let's go with, uh, let's go with the marine Corps related one, since uh, we got two Marines in the room, and we talked a lot about Marine Corps uh, today in service and so when I was on the joint staff uh, at the Pentagon, so my last tour of duty, I was at the Joint Staff, I did arms control negotiations uh, with NATO and Russia, and, and then I did some procurement work in the secretary of defense's office and so um, you know, as a Marine for a long time, and I don't know how you were, Jesse, but, like, you just kind of assume that the system works, that the defense industrial complex is chugging along, that it's making the things that you need, that everybody's doing their best, and that you're going to get, you know, top-shelf equipment and, and things like that. And uh, if you aren't, there's going to be some accountability. And, and, of course, you know, you've always heard horror stories, but it seems like your rifle mostly works and and uh, and that things should be set up properly. And so I just kind of had that assumption. It's never something I really thought about going to the Pentagon. And then I'd done arms control negotiations for a couple of years, and uh, and we were about to buy an aircraft. We're, it's called recapitalizing aircraft. So we're going to buy an air, a, a new aircraft for one of the treaties, the Open Skies Treaty. Um, so basically what you need to know is we're buying a new aircraft at the Pentagon. And whenever you buy something at the Pentagon, there's this, uh, especially something that big, you go through what's called the requirements board, and they they like... It's like a two-year process where they list all the things the aircraft has to do, all the communications gear has to do, the imagery suite, everything else. So it's a whole big process. And I will go to these meetings, and everyone was like, I don't understand, like, why we're doing this. It's a waste of time. There's only one company that can build the airframe. There's only one that can do the communication suite. We're going to have to pay them whatever they ask because there's absolutely no competition. They're never going to get us the product. It's going to be a complete, a complete, absolute catastrophic failure. And, uh, and we're going to lose a lot of money over it. And I was like, this can't be right. Like, uh, how is that possible? And, uh, and so I looked into it and sure enough, like, all our aircrafts have massive cost overruns. There's no competition in the defense industry anymore. It's all run, uh, by fairly corrupt businesses. Our members of Congress all own stocks in that, those businesses. So the ones that oversee them don't do anything. And, uh, it was really a transformative moment for me where then I began working on those issues. I exposed a lot of them nationally. I even put some of my work in the American conservative magazine so that because it's a very cross-cutting, uh, issue we can talk about. Um, and then I went to a nonprofit where I fought corporate monopoly power. We did a lot on right to repair in these in these corrupt contracts that are really bad for service members and everyone else. And uh, and so for me, that was very exciting. Some of that work ended up being a, the basis of an executive order on competition policy that the president signed. So uh, it was really cool. But it was a situation where uh, where when presented with different evidence, you know, I could have just been like, hey, everything works fine. Or I could have done something about it and doing something about it was transformative and has really led to my views on, on corporate power and corruption in our country and many of the things that we need to change through this campaign.
0: Well, Eisenhower wasn't wrong when he talked about the military-industrial complex. Uh, we Man. now have a Pentagon all these decades later that year after year after year after year, they can't pass an audit. They're short, you know, they, uh, unaccounted for billions of dollars that could go elsewhere to ease the suffering of Americans all over the country. So... Uh, it's good to know that you come to the job not needing a whole bunch of uh, on the OJT, as they say in the Marine Corps. It's probably a saying elsewhere, too, <laughs> yeah. but it's nice to know that you've, uh, oh, you've got some, some experience and maybe. some passion. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Listen, uh, thank you for your time today. Uh, what you're doing is important. Josh Hawley is a uniquely pernicious character in American politics. Absolutely. I mean, there's a few of them now in the Republican Party, but he is top of the heap uh, to support an insurrection, an attempted overthrow of the United States government by way of overturning a free and fair, settled American election is uh, treasonous, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe not legally, but certainly colloquially, it is treason, especially uh, when you've actually served in uniform for your, in your country, as you well know. So um, thanks for your time, Lucas Schoontz. We appreciate you very much. And yeah. uh, if there's anything you need... Um, don't hesitate let's know
2: well thanks well if people want to follow us on twitter it's lucas mo uh, you can find us on facebook instagram uh, websites com. appreciate you guys having me and uh, your listeners for uh for hanging out for a little bit absolutely
0: awesome. i'm i'm over the moon by his candidacy i think it's i think it's fantastic uh if you're in missouri Uh, you got a winner here on your hands and someone who absolutely has what it takes to defeat Josh Hawley and bring some dignity back to the state of Missouri.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we're in the unfortunate position to be choosing the lesser of two evils. And in this situation, it seems like Lucas Kuntz is a person that you want to vote for. It's not just that you want Josh Hawley out of there, but you also want to vote for someone like this. And one of the things that really sticks out for me is him talking about luck. And we talk about luck a lot on the show. We both grew up poor. I come from not only a poor background, but neither of my parents graduated high school. My my dad got his GED in prison the same year I graduated high school. So wow. I come from a, a a difficult background, and I have... Been able to grow from that, and part of it is because I got a Pell Grant. Yeah, like Lucas talked about.
0: I'm a recipient of a Pell Grant as well.
1: Yeah, and I was able to get my education. I was able to get out of that, and instead of looking back on that and thinking, "Wow, look at how great and special I am that right. I made it out of that," no, I want to create policies, and I want to. I, I'm not going to create the policies. I want to support <laughs> policies that will help people. Uh, do the same thing. And so it's nice to hear someone who comes from a background where they experienced hardship and they recognize that it is policy that needs to be created to help create more moments of luck for people so that they're not just relying on meeting a kind person who can give them assistance, but a stable, reliable force in government assistance that will provide that support.
0: We need more politicians who are not born into privilege and wealth, people who use the ladder that was built, that was created by others who came before them, and then don't yank the ladder up behind them, leaving everyone on the ground. We need more people like Lucas Kuntz to do the noble work of service and not servicing themselves like so clearly Josh Hawley is doing on a day-to-day basis.
1: Well, and I love that... uh Lucas Coons tweeted, Josh Hawley is asking you for $30 to read his manhood book. I'm asking you for $10 to help me chase him out of the U.S. Senate. Yeah. And that, I think, says it all right there. So if you are in a position to donate to the Lucas Coons campaign, if you were moved by something that he said during this interview – then I would recommend that you donate to the campaign, that you follow him on social media, that you get the word out by sharing this video, by promoting Lucas Kuntz. Maybe you live in Missouri. Maybe you know someone who lives in Missouri. Definitely reach out to them and, and help get the word out because that's how change happens. So you can also follow him on social media. Go to his website. All of that information will be in the description and the show notes.
0: Uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for thanks for joining us today. If you appreciate what we do and you'd like to help support the show, if you'd like to, to produce the show, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. If you have questions or comments or you'd just like to tell us how wrong we are, you can go to 657-464-7609. You're not going to go there. You're going to call there and leave a voicemail. Or you can email us it at dollamore.com. We love and appreciate you guys. Thanks for joining us today, and we will see you next time. Until then, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt